0: The culinary view is one view, but the majority of people that actually visit the food carts are your average Madisonian that don't have a culinary background. And so we wanted to look at that from all angles and not just say that the culinary view is the only view in which to have this go through, because it's more than just sampling the food. The reviewers also look at the apparatus, they look at the cleanliness, they think about customer service, they think about it from a whole um, customer perspective. This is the livelihood of these entrepreneurs.
1: Welcome to The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison. April 15th was the official start of the food cart season in Madison, as Cali Fresh and Common Pasta, brazen and Hussies in the Pickle Jar, all started to take their places on the UW-Madison campus and around the Capitol Square. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer, Lindsay Christians, and my guest today is Megan Blakehorst. Megan coordinates lunchtime food carts, late night taco vendors, the jewelry and pottery makers on State Street during the farmer's market on Saturdays, and much more. This year ushers in some new rules and some cool new food carts that we can't wait to try. Give a listen.
0: Welcome, Megan. Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, tell people a little bit about what you do for the city and who you are.
0: Sure. Uh, I'm the street vending coordinator for the city of Madison. So I oversee food cart vending, sidewalk cafes, merchant vending, game day vending, uh, art and craft vending, uh, merchant vendors, and pretty much anything that happens with selling in the right-of-way in the city.
1: So anything from like that big market that was downtown last summer to like just a food cart outside the tavern?
0: Yeah, and with the night market, the Madison night market, I assisted on the back end of that, so not so much in the organization piece of like the day-to-day operations, but in the how to make sure we have appropriate permits and licensing and uh, sharing our list that we have of licensed city vendors with the bid so they could have a successful group of vendors to work with.
1: And you've run the Mad City Bazaar for a long time as well. Yeah,
0: and uh, an art gallery in Madison called Absolutely Art for about 10 years. So I've, you know, born and raised Madisonian, love the city, and have been here my whole life. So um, I'm proud of being able to be connected with so many creative entrepreneurs in our community.
1: About a year, maybe a year and a half ago, there was a lot of sort of social media and news stories about the food cart vending process, yeah. like the review process. Yeah. And so you've instituted a lot of changes, or your team, I should probably yeah. say. And I, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how that works and what has changed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, all of the food carts that want to be downtown, which we call lovingly the mall concourse, so that's basically the Capitol Square to Library or State Street Mall. It's one and the same, but uh, people use different terminology. So uh, in about a block to two blocks off in each direction is called the Mall Concourse. And so anybody who wants to vend product there, it has to be handcrafted, handmade. And if you are a food cart, you have to go through a rigorous review process to see if you qualify for a spot um, downtown. So that happens every fall. Uh, And then it's a month-long review process. That is one of the changes. It used to be two weeks. Well, it started as a week, then became two weeks, and now is a month. Uh, We had 65 carts that applied to be part of the food cart review process this last year and only room for about 54. So we currently do have a waiting list for vendors that want to vend on the mall concourse. Uh, So with that review process, um, they have to have their food sampled by about 25 to 30 reviewers that um, then uh, score them based on criteria that we lay out for them. Um, In the past, the reviewers didn't have to take a class. They just were given a sheet and given a score sheet and sent on their way for their review. Uh, One of the changes we instituted this year was that all reviewers must take a mandatory class that we created. Um, So I worked with one of our um, vending oversight committee members. She works with being a mentor to food carts and to food uh, entrepreneurs. And so we worked together to go through our prior review and criteria process and um, looked at some tweaks and changes that need to be made to that and then created a class that they had to take and we kept it to an hour um, and all of the reviewers, if they didn't complete that class, they weren't going to be a reviewer. So it gave them an overview of what they were looking for and how to go about the process.
1: Who are the reviewers? Like, Where do they come from in the city? Sure. Um, Another
0: change that we made is we created an an application process for reviewers so we could get a better tracking of who they were. We did ask some demographic questions because we wanted to get a better idea of what the demographic, age, race, gender. So our reviewers last year ranged from city employees, state employees, uh, university employees, as well as students. We are required by the vending oversight charter to have uh, one reviewer at minimum, be a, a vending oversight committee member, some county uh, county employees, and a handful of um, average Madisonians that have lots of different work places but don't fit into any really specific um, employment demographic. Uh, and we had vendor, um, sorry, we had reviewers ranging anywhere from, you know, the college student age through people who did not want to identify their age, which made me assume they were in a slightly older demographic. (laughs) Um, And we had a variety of races and genders represented in our reviewer um, pool.
1: Were there people who had kind of established food backgrounds as well, maybe from restaurants or, you know, who who work with food otherwise? Yes,
0: yeah, there were definitely some reviewers that fit that demographic as well. Um, We did ask for some history on their experience with food, um, but also keeping in mind that the culinary view is one view but the majority of people that actually visit the food carts are your average Madisonian that don't have a culinary background. And so we wanted to look at that from all angles and not just say that the culinary view is the only view in which to um, have this go through because it's more than just sampling the food. The reviewers also look at the apparatus they look at the cleanliness, they think about customer service, they think about it from a whole um, customer perspective. Um, Also, really keeping in mind and hammering home to them that this is the livelihood of these entrepreneurs and that we need to be mindful of that. You know, looking at things from a variety and sort of taking a step back and making sure they sample the food right away and they order from the menu and, you know, things like that. So they have a relatively average customer experience.
1: What are some areas of expansion for the food carts in particular? I know I've been hearing more about late-night vending. I've been hearing more about sort of vending at private events or on private properties. What are some sort of areas where you see expansion in the coming year or two?
0: Sure. Um, You know, as I mentioned earlier with the number of people that applied for the food cart review, we have about 100 licensed vendors uh, in the city of Madison. And again, only about half of them, little more than half, are downtown. Um, We do break up Monday through Friday and Saturdays with the mall concourse so it gets a little different on numbers but um, you know we know the demand is growing. I have many food cart operators that are looking to open a second cart or a third cart. Uh, There's also food cart entrepreneurs that are just looking at getting started. I probably meet with 40 people a year uh, looking to start a food cart. It's pretty astronomical. Um, And so when we look at the city as a whole you know vending in Madison started downtown. But it's not limited to downtown anymore. We see food carts in a lot of our neighborhoods working with community groups uh doing fundraisers. We see them uh, working with uh, University Research Park for example, or American Parkway. People don't always want to bring their lunch or they forget or they don't have time I mean then they don't have time really to go to a restaurant and sit down and have a long meal. they don't they clock in and out for thirty minutes for lunch, you know so they're very limited in their time so There's those opportunities and um, growing that. A lot of people do catering as well. So that's another revenue stream for our food carts is doing catering and special events where it's run like catering. So they're not doing direct sales to a customer. Like for a wedding, for example, they're being brought in. The bride or groom are paying for X number amount of food, and then their customers can just come in and take, you know, the food. So, but they get the experience of ordering from a food cart and choosing a couple of items and that flexibility. That's a little different than under my purview, but at the same time, I get asked a lot, so I share lists of our licensed vendors. You know, our community then knows that they have their health department licenses. They can follow. They have insurance. They can follow all of the things that. Um, they want. So we vetted them basically for them by them being city licensed vendors. Uh, We are also looking at vending on private property. So I'm working with zoning and we're looking at how we can revamp some of the ordinances to create a modality for vending on private property. And we see that as a great opportunity, and we know there's a lot of amazing partnerships that can be made through that, both for the businesses and for both businesses, the food cart business and the um, establishment that's looking to bring them in, and it's valuable for their customers or employees. So we see that as a great opportunity, and there'll be more um, on that in the coming months.
1: I like to try to track new food carts as much as I can, just looking on Facebook and trying to look at see who's moving into feed kitchens and things like that. Um, I'm really excited about Chrysalis Pops and also Mijo, <laughs> those like Mijo frozen treats, I guess. And they are like vending at farmers markets a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if there are any other sort of new food cart vendors that you know about that maybe we don't know about that you want to talk about this year? Sure. Um, well, an old late-night
0: vending standby is Marimar on Wheels, and they have a spot in the mall concourse this year. They'll be in, uh, on the square, uh, so you can check them out. Uh, so they're transitioning from not only late-night, but it was really exciting for them to be able to grow their business to the daytime hours more. Caracas Arapas? Uh, is a new cart out this year and working with the operator that also runs uh, Caracas Empanadas and his um, group. So it's a different style of um, empanada, less deep fried, more pan fried. Um, I had to Google it because I wasn't quite sure. I'm <laughs> still working on my Spanish. So, um, so they're new. Uh, you mentioned Chrysalis Pops. I'm super excited about them. They uh, work with adults with mental illness. Chrysalis does. And I have a long time family connection. My sister worked there. My mom worked there. My husband worked there. I worked there. Uh, You know, so it's still a, it's a very special place in my heart. And to see them growing this opportunity, um, they used to work with businesses doing, with nonprofits doing mailings at Chrysalis. And as we know, the mail way of promoting events and that sort of thing is is decreasing. And so this is their next opportunity that they um, decided to create a Popsicle Bicycle cart. It is adorable. It's a free freezer on a bicycle, and they bike up and they have their clients with them. And so they're teaching and working and collaborating on flavors. They use the feed kitchen as their base kitchen. Um, they cut all of their fresh produce into their popsicles, and their popsicles are re- relatively seasonal based on what fruit and vegetables and interesting combos so they're um, a new one on the scene Uh, also Nani food cart they will have a cart in southeast campus and one on library mall it's a very authentic Chinese food cart um, with a very very authentic Chinese menu and um, so that's a new and exciting one and you can catch them in a couple of different locations a Saturday morning love is back. Ernie's Kettle Corn will be back on Saturday mornings. Um, people were missing their kettle corn and the smell of that floating around the Capitol Square. So uh, they are back this year. Oh, Looking Glass Bakery. They'll be on Saturday mornings. So they have a spot on the square on Saturdays during far, uh, adjacent to the Dane County Farmers Market. Um, so all of our city licensed vendors circle the Dane County Farmers Market, and they have the Capitol Square in that first row of parking, and they oversee all of The management of that. And then when you cross the street, the rest of the city um, is what I work with. So it's a little bit of a sort of a map view of what that looks like.
1: Good for Looking Glass. I know they have been vending for a few years Mm -hmm. and they do these adorable mini cheesecakes. They're so good. They're really good. And they are also very seasonal. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing them, they were doing the school events. Yes. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how people get started. Uh, with with this food cart process? Do you think it's getting easier? And what are the values that the city has when you're looking at sort of street vending as a whole?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the things I like to do, uh, or I'd like to encourage uh, anybody looking at starting a food cart is call me right away <laughs> and set an appointment with me. I usually meet with brand new vendors that have an, either an idea, maybe they have a business plan started. In some cases, they've unfortunately already purchased equipment. Um, And I say unfortunately because we have very stringent size requirements right now in the city of Madison um, for food carts and even more rigorous size requirements if you want to be in the mall concourse. And so uh, I like to meet with vendors right away so I can let them know what the size requirements are, some of our equipment requirements. They have to buy a generator in many cases, and we have Uh, decibel level requirements on generators, you know, things like that. A lot of people in their business plan say, I'm going to vend downtown and I'm going to start on Saturday. And that is not possible. As we talked about the food cart review process, if they're going to be downtown, they have to go through that in the fall. But they don't get their license till our licensing season started on Sunday. So our licensing season goes April 15th to April 14th every year. So it's about a nine-month waiting list, you know, waiting period between the time you go through the review and you actually get your license and it, have it activated. So I really like to meet with new vendors right away so I can show them maps. We can talk about vending locations. I can get an idea of what they want to do, what type of food they're interested in serving, and help get ahead of them making a mistake of buying a vehicle that's too large. Now they might be out $30,000, and they can't vend in Madison. We have a little brochure that we created on how to start a food cart in Madison. So when I get inquiries via email, I send them that information. We're continuing to update and make it understandable because it's a pretty long, deep, and complicated ordinance. So we want to make sure people are successful and have the information they need. So meeting with me is step one.
1: With the Madison public market coming down the line in like 2020 or so, I wonder if you're starting to make those connections between some of the street vendors that you work with now and the potential residents of the market. Absolutely. That is
0: integral. Uh, The Madison Public Market is um, housed within my office, which is the Office of Business Resources, or I should say the office I am in. I am not of the only one of the office, but um, so the Office of Business Resources in Dan Kennelly is the um, project manager for that project, and um, I've done a lot of work prior to starting with the city and currently um, with helping especially the connections of people with the process of the public market and opportunities. We have the Market Ready program that is out there right now, and they are working with entrepreneurs interested in being part of the public market, getting them opportunities and resources to when it is time to do vendor selection and vendor recruitment for that, people have a good foundation and a good idea of what they wanna do with their business. So absolutely, when they're doing the Taste of the Public Markets, like uh, this Saturday, there's a Taste of the Public Market at the Madison Campus Uh, Madison College campus downtown and I've certainly shared all of our lists of licensed vendors and many of them have done these events and will continue to do these pop-up events so it is the one of the best lists that we have is working with our entrepreneurs that are city licensed vendors to get them connected we also have like a thousand plus interested vendor list that we continue to reach out to as those events come forward and showing the breadth of what our entrepreneurs have to offer because it's pretty significant.
1: That is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming in today and shedding some light on how this all works. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. We will have all kinds of food cart coverage coming up this season, so check out captimes.com and subscribe to the weekly food and drink newsletter to stay updated. You could also subscribe to The Corner Table wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Facebook at Corner Table Podcast. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is a falafel pita with extra tahini from one of my favorite food carts, Bonzo. Cheers!